This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Well, how many are ready to hear more about the gifts of the Holy Ghost walking in them in your life? I want to show you a couple things out of the bookstore before we get started. This number one thing here is the Bible way to receive the Holy Spirit. The Bible way to receive the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to teach on that tonight. I asked last week how many of you were spirit-filled and spoke in tongues. The majority of you said, yes, you were. And so this here is for people that haven't received that yet. The Bible way to receive the Holy Spirit. And then also another great book called Why Tongues? Why Tongues? We're kind of going to be talking along that lines tonight about why tongues. And these books here help you uh, take something home with you so you can open your Bibles and check out the Bible and see what God says in the Word of God. Rather, maybe traditions have told you or, or somebody's not a tongue talker wrote some books or something that don't even speak in tongues. But we're going to look at the Word of God tonight along those lines there. And I know that it will help you from God's Word. Know why we do what we do. How many want to be the best Christian you can be? Strongest, most powerhouse Christian you can be? To be able to do all the things Jesus said you could do. Amen. Well, we're going to look at some things tonight that help us to be on that, on that page and, uh, open up 1st Corinthians chapter 14. Thank you for your holy enthusiasm, as Pastor Dave says. <laughs> Amen. But anyway, uh, this is a study of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Tonight, in part two, we're calling this the value of praying in tongues. The value of praying in tongues. And, uh, you know, when the Lord put this in me to start teaching on these things on Wednesday night, we're, we're supposed to be a spirit-filled church. We're supposed to be a Holy Ghost church. And uh, so we're going to start heading that direction to be in a Holy Ghost church. You know, I told you last week, when I, when I got started in my Christian walk back in 1980, I went to a uh, mixed uh, Pentecostal church in the ghetto of Indianapolis with about half black, half white, uh, chandelier swaggers, pew jumpers. Really some wild people, they were Holy Ghost people, but they knew God. And so it's been a long time since I've been around that kind of thing. And you know, if you're jumping in chandeliers here, you got a long jump and it'd be a long ways down, so you couldn't do that. So we're not talking about wildness. We're talking about people to get full of the Holy Ghost, start doing great things for God. When you let loose the inhibitions and let the Holy Ghost fill you. You know, you read the book of Acts and during this series... We'll probably be in the book of Acts. I'm in the book of Acts. They did some pretty wild things. They, and, 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 and one passage there said, who are these people? They've turned our city upside down. Well, actually, we're turning the cities right side up. I would say right now, the majority of cities in America are upside down in so many ways. But you get, you get their eyes on Jesus. You get the power of God working in city governments and in high schools and in schools. And in places across land and courthouses, you start seeing things come out right when the Holy Ghost gets in. Amen? And the only way the Holy Ghost gets into places is because people let the Holy Ghost get into them first. I want to say that again. The Holy Ghost gets in you, then the Holy Ghost get in the place you work at. And the Holy Ghost comes in, the devil goes out. And the devil goes out, Jesus comes in. And so that's the kind of things we're talking about. But anyway, we are going to make a, a turning in this church to where we head more towards behaving like a spirit-filled church. Amen. And so I want you to look, start off with, we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 14, then we'll be going from here. But we started with this last week, verse 1. He says, follow after love 
And what did he say? What's that next word? Desire something. Did anybody ever desire an ice cream cone? What do you do if you desire an ice cream cone? Man, you find somebody that sells ice cream. And uh, you, if you're in the Barstow area, I can tell you this by recent experience, you got to find that ice cream place before 9 o'clock. Last week we left the church, uh, had the uh, Niles here. We had a meeting with, with the Bessers, the Bessers. The Bessers here, and we were over here for a staff meeting, let them come to our staff meeting. We left the staff meeting. I said, man, let's go get a Dairy Queen. We head to the Dairy Queen up the road, got there at 5 after 9, and no Dairy Queen. They closed at 9. So I said, okay, let's go to Eddie's World. They got good ice cream over there. I never had it, but they told me it's good. Go over to Eddie's World, about quarter after 9. No ice cream. So he said, well, I guess we'll go home. And I said, you give up too easy. I said, I want ice cream. So we turned around and we went to Wiener Schnitzel's. So at Wiener Schnitzel, we not only got ice cream, but we got a sideshow when this half-naked homeless man came in at the cashier running out. So anyway, what I'm saying is this. When you desire something, you go for it. And so this says, follow after love. In other words, be a Christian that loves people. And then he says right here, you are to desire spiritual gifts. And so if God says we're to desire something, then we should go for that, what he says. I want to say this again. This, this is not a pastor samples or denominational doctrine we teach. The Bible says that we as believers are to desire spiritual gifts. And so if you're a tongue-talking, spirit-filled, if you're a Holy Ghost believer, how many here are hungry for God to use you? How many want God to use you more and more and more and more? Okay, well, you know, I think, I think about uh, where, where Peter said, that we as newborn babes, when we're first born again, we should desire milk of the word that we may grow thereby. And so we as Christians, if you don't have that desire for God to use you more, for it to be used by God in supernatural ways, you need to start praying and say, Lord, you say if I ask anything according to your will, and your word is your will. It says that if I ask anything according to your will, I can have confidence you hear me. And if you hear me, they just, the, uh, James 5, 14, 50 says that I'll have the petitions that I ask of you. Well, you can hold up this verse to him and say, Lord, you said in First in, in Corinthians 14, 1, that I'm supposed to not only love people, but I'm supposed to desire for you to use me in spiritual gifts. So you can start praying saying, Lord, I have a craving. I have a desire. I want more of you in me. I want to be used more by you, Lord. I want you to show me things. Lord, I want you to use me to pray for people. I want healing to flow through me, Lord. I want to be able when people talk to me, not just minister them from my head, but I want my heart, the Holy Spirit, to tell me what to say to them, to give them answers they need, to show them things to help them. That's spiritual gifts working in you. Amen. But I want to say this one more time. You have to start desiring and wanting to be used to that. And you know, there will be some times when you start down this journey where you want God to use you as a spirit-filled Christian, there will be some times that you've got to say, you know what? I'm shutting off my cell phone for a few hours. And if you got important things that you're expecting, then you need to notify people. Say, hey, for the next two hours, for, for a half a day, you're not going to be able to get a hold of me. But if you, if something's really going on, then, uh, you know, leave me, leave me a hot message. When I turn it on, I'll get it. I'll call you right back. I'll get right back with you. But I've got an appointment. And you might say, I've got an appointment with somebody more important than you. <laughs> when you're with Jesus, 
They're more important than any other appointment you can keep on this earth. Amen? Amen. Doing better preaching than you are shouting. So we're to desire spiritual gifts. And so I want you to you keep a marker there. But go to Mark chapter 16. And uh, we're going to look at verse 17. That's the only verse we're going to look at in this chapter here. But I want to show you some things. You know, I've been seeking the Lord about how to teach this. I told Mrs. Pastor, when I teach this, I'm not just going to teach out of somebody's book. I'm going to let the Holy Ghost show me how to present it to you. Because I want this to be juicy. I want it to be alive. I want this to be something that gets in you and makes you hungry. You know, does anybody here that's older than Joseph? Remember the Lay's potato chip commercial? Remember the Lay's? Bet you can't eat just one. <laughs> Amen. I'll tell you what. Uh, I quit eating them and so my shirt pissed me again. But the thing is, those old potato chips, you know, if you're on a diet or want to lose weight, the last thing you want to do is open up a bag of potato chips. You think, and you know, I have seen, I have seen the expert dieters open up those things and say, now listen, it's on my schedule. I just eat five. That's X amount of calories. I eat five. Well, I've never seen anybody just be able to eat five yet. They get the five out. Okay. Just two more. Just two more. So by the time they end up eating a half a bag, they didn't cheat. They only ate two at a time until they got it done. And so what I'm saying is this. As you begin to crave these spiritual things, God uses you one time, that won't be enough. He uses you again, that won't be enough. The more and more that He begins to use you, then all of a sudden you're finding out, you know what, I don't care about social media anymore. I'd rather spend time with the Lord because I found out I spend time with Him, He fills me with more. And when He fills me with more, He uses me more. And then you also find out that the more He uses you, He'll trust you with harder cases. In other words, people that need more help will start coming to you because you'll be walking in more anointing. And that's our whole goal, is for God to use us to minister to this dark world, to be able to help people with answers. You know, anybody can read a book. Anybody can go on Facebook and say, give me 5,000 likes and I'll get my answer. Well, 5,000 likes don't get the answer. Man, and so in Mark 16... Verse 17, I want to read this, and then I'm going to expound on it for just a couple minutes to help you see some things here about this supernatural that Jesus wants us to walk in. And these signs shall follow the twelve apostles, and those twelve apostles leave this earth, that is the end of these signs. You know, there's some places that preach that. I've been around those places, some places preach that. My Bible says, and these signs shall follow them that believe. Well, you know what I wrote in my Bible right beside that? I like for my Bible to be able to be real to me. I wrote in my Bible, I'm a believer. Amen. I'm one that believes. So that means these signs follow me because Jesus said they follow believers. Amen. How many of you are believers? All right. Well, then there's some things here that Jesus said should be going on in your life. Amen. I'll say it again. The better preaching than you are shouting. He said, These signs shall follow them that believe. He said, In the name of Jesus. He said, The believers that believe in the name of Jesus, they cast out devils. Now, what's that next phrase say? They shall speak with new tongues. That's still in my Bible. Is it in yours? They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. 
If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. And so I want you to notice there that uh, the key word is believe. He said, these signs shall follow them. It didn't stop there. Them that believe. And to believe something is more than a head thing. It's not just agreement. It's not just a mental thing. Say, yeah, yeah, I believe that's in the Bible. Well, James said, even the devils believe and they tremble. But all that is, is the devils know that the Bible has a lot of stuff in it. And so that's why they tremble. It doesn't mean they believe it where they act on it because devils can't act on it. Believers can act on it. So he said, these sides, Father, that I believe it's a heart thing. As to the believe is an action word, it's stepping out in faith and doing something. When you believe something, you act on it. When you believe something, you do it. You know, we teach on tithing a lot around here. Well, if you believe in tithing, you put money in the offering for a tithe. If you believe in forgiveness, you forgive somebody. If you believe in loving somebody as you love yourself, you do something for them, even when they're not doing it for you. In other words, you act on the Word of God. And so Jesus said, these signs should follow them that act on what I'm saying. And so I want you to notice here that there's five supernatural signs that Jesus said will follow believers. I'm going to look at them. He said there's five supernatural signs. And so, you know, I, I think it's important to note, because I know years ago when I was a but I was a believing truck driver, and I'd fellowship different Christians around different places I'd deliver my truck. I know there's one guy I talked to one time. We got talking about this verse here. He said, well, well, actually, my pastor teaches, speak with new tongues means I don't cuss anymore. Well, I'll tell you what, I know a lot of people have been more to give, they still cuss. They didn't get a new tongue. Yeah. They didn't get a new vocabulary. Yeah. And so I want to notice as we look at these, if that's what this meant, why do we have these other supernatural things? Why is four things here supernatural and then Jesus throws one natural thing in? Hey man, think about that. Why would he have four supernatural things? This is just be a natural thing that, uh, you know, you stand in front of a mirror and say, I will not cuss, 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 I will not cuss. I'll talk nice, I will not cuss, I will not cuss. And you get out there, as soon as somebody cuts you off and flips you the bird, you forgot you will not cuss. Matter of fact, you forgot how to use your hands and your hands matched his. <laughs> Somebody say glory. Okay, and so anyway, I will look at these five supernatural signs that Jesus said would follow believers. It takes faith in the name of Jesus to cast out demons. Isn't that what Jesus said? He said, if you're a believer, he didn't say if you're a preacher. He said, if you're, cause there's a lot, there's a lot of preachers get thrown around by the devil. They don't cast him out. He said, if you're a believer, you cast out demons in the name of Jesus. He said, if you're a believer, you speak in tongues. It takes faith to do these things. He said, if you're a believer, you take up serpents. And that does not mean you're a professional snake handler. Hey, man, that does not mean you're somebody who goes around saying, but I like, I like to pick up rattlesnakes because we like to do funerals, too. Don't really like to, but we do do funerals. But what he's saying there, the main thing he's getting across there is that, that, that Satan's compared to the serpent. That we have authority over demons, but like what happened to Paul, Paul at the Isle of Miletus there at the end of the book of Acts, he was picking up sticks and a serpent got on his hand 
and bit him. And because of the anointing of God to him and how he believed what Jesus said, he didn't die from that snake bite. And so I know where I live at now, for all the, all the wood and all the things I do, I watch for snakes out there. I do not want to prove that word works. But if something happened, it would work for me, but not because I go try to make it happen. Matter of fact, I killed a uh, sidewinder on my patio a couple days ago. You know, just, you know, what do you do? You take their head off. You take their head off. You have a flat shovel around, man. You pick it up and take their head off. You don't let them strike. That's what you do. But what he's saying there, that's a supernatural thing that we have authority over demons. If we walk with Jesus, we have authority over things to try to hurt us too. That doesn't mean we tempt the Lord our God. That means God's here to protect us. It said, these signs shall follow them that believe. Somebody said, well, I would never think that I could survive a snake bite. Well, you won't. Because Jesus said, Mark eleven twenty three, you'll have what you say. You know? I'm, I'm, you know, I, I just, I think about, the, I'm looking at the military guys, you know, when you get one sitting up here this close to the front, and I got them sprinkled through here. I think about going over the Middle East. You know, somebody says, I'll never come back. They'll never come back because they said they wouldn't. Somebody says, I'm going over there. And my company is going to be protected because God's angels are with me. I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. And we get over there. A thousand may fall at my left hand. Ten thousand my right hand. But they'll not come nigh me. I'm living under Psalm 91, the secret place of the Most High. And just like when Paul was on that ship, everybody was with him. He said, God's given them to me. we got it protected. And so what I'm telling you, this believing thing's real. And so when Jesus said that you... Speak with new tongues. You cast out demons. You handle snakes. I want to emphasize it again. You don't go around looking for them, but you can have protection from them. All supernatural things. And so then, notice what he says then. If you drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt you. And so, you need to pray over your food in faith. Not just to say a little grace prayer. It's nice to, you know, call it saying grace. That's nice. But the main thing is, you need to pray the word over what you eat. Say, Father, I want to thank you and praise you. You said the word of God sanctified by the word of God in prayer. And, and what that simply means is if something bad happens to your food and you don't know it, then he said you're protected if you're praying in faith. You need to pray in faith to believe that God's protected you. And so, you know, if you got potato salad sitting out in the sun for three days, say, well, Jesus said I could, I could eat it. You know, nothing's going to happen to me. Well, guess what? You might be in trouble. Or if something happens, like the Hinkley water, and you're a person of faith that stands on the Word of God, you don't know that the water's bad, God's going to protect you. And how can I say that? Because Jesus said it. He said, these signs shall follow them that believe. And so the whole thing is, we've got to know as believers, there's supernatural help that we have. But I want to emphasize, we don't go around doing dumb things. We don't go around violating natural laws. But if things slip in, try to get into you, Jesus said, as a believer, you have protection, you have coverage. Can you see that? Jesus said that. But anyway, as we go down through this, I want you to notice, I want you to notice that then the next thing he says is to lay hands on the sick in the name of Jesus, and they shall recover. And I want to say this. It takes faith to lay hands on people that are sick, I believe that in Jesus' name, he's going to heal them. But I want you to notice in this also, that speaking in tongues is right in the middle of all this. 
And so if it takes faith to cast out demons, if it takes faith to lay hands on the sick, it takes faith to be a tongue talker. And you know, I think as a, as, as a believer, all the years I've been doing this as a believer and as a preacher, I do not like to be in death rooms. But I know that I'm in a death room to pray for somebody. If I lay hands on them in the name of Jesus, if they receive, or if they got relatives there that stand in for because they're in a coma, if there's not unbelief there that runs off the anointing, we can get them healed. That's what it comes down to. Amen. Do you remember when, when Jesus went into rooms? Sometimes he just took Peter, James, and John with him because the other people were full of unbelief. And then the Bible tells us that he could do no mighty works in some areas because of their unbelief because they didn't want him there. And so I know that as a believer, when we step into a room where there's really serious sickness, unless the people put up a wall resistance against the anointing, we get people healed. But what I'm saying is this, it takes faith to pay for, pray for people that are sick. It takes faith in this prayer line when the sick come up here. Every time somebody comes to my prayer line, I reach on the inside and I pull out faith in the name of Jesus. That when I lay hands on them, whether it's a minor thing or a major thing, I use faith in the name of Jesus that they're going to receive healing. But the point we're emphasizing is this. Right in the midst of these supernatural things Jesus said, he said, speaking in new tongues. And so it takes faith to be a tongue talker. How many know without faith it's impossible to please God? Amen. And so he said, these signs shall follow them that believe. So I want, you, I want to start off tonight looking at that. And uh, we're going to be going back to 1 Corinthians 14. And as, as you're going there, I'm going, to, I'm going to make a couple statements I want you to listen to. Because, you know, they're real to me. I've lived by them all my Christian life. But Dr. Barclay and others, and myself included, like to say it this way, that 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 we should pray in tongues at least 15 minutes every day. You need to be in the habit of praying in tongues in your prayer closet as a believer at least 15 minutes every day. We're going to see why as we go through the Word. Brother Hagen and many other great men of faith that have walked in a lot of things, and I put myself in that category too, like to say it this way, that prayed in tongues is the gateway to all the other spiritual gifts. Prayed in tongues cause you to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit to where you'll flow in more spiritual gifts. It's the doorway. It's the gateway. It's the opening to the gifts of the Spirit by praying in tongues frequently. Now, 1 Corinthians 14, we're going to look at verse 4. And for the... Uh, Mature Christians in here that have studied these things and walked in for years and years and years and years. I want to make this statement again. I made last week, so listen, listen close if you're somebody's been around this a long time and heard it. I'm passing over a lot of verses in this chapter, not because I don't know them, but because I don't want to overwhelm the people too much at one time. And so I'm going slow and we're on a specific course tonight. Look at the things we're looking at. And so uh, we've got lots of Wednesday nights. We're going to be talking about this. And so I don't want to put so much in a little short half-hour, 40-minute thing that you leave here and you got so much, you got nothing. And so there's lots of verses here I could really highlight on. I'd love to, 
And I believe in Jesus' name over the next several weeks, I'm going to get to really go through this and dissect it. But each week as we look at each thing, uh, lesson by lesson, I want to do what the Holy Ghost wants for that particular night. So tonight we're looking at the value of praying in other tongues. So we will cover some of your favorite verses later on, but just not tonight. So anyway, I want you to notice verse 4 says, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifies himself. Edifies himself. It says when you're speaking in tongues, you're edified yourself. But he that prophesies edifies the church. It's that word edify. We're talking about the value of, of praying in tongues. That word edify in the Greek is a word that means like charging a car battery. Like charging a car battery. Has anybody here ever done what David's not here so I can talk about him. I'll talk about him if he's here anyway. David's got a bunch of little kids and some of you do too. There's been multiple times in the last few years I've got a call from Pastor Dave. Dad, will you bring your battery cables over? What's the matter? Oh, one of the kids left the interior light on last night. And so we get over there, we get it charged up. I finally got David's own cables. But has anybody here ever experienced a dead battery because something happened? I want to say this. It's a good battery. It's just a dead battery or it's a weak battery. It's been drained. Well, that's what this word means. He says, he that prayeth in an unknown tongue edifies himself. And so what that means to build up your spirit like charging a battery. And so it says here that when you've been spiritually drained, and I'll tell you what, I got spiritually drained this past week. We had a lot of church stuff going on you got to be a part of. Had a lot of stuff going on you didn't get to be a part of. And so as a believer and as a, as, as a pastor, I got pretty drained this week. Because we dished out a lot. And so in your life, I'm telling you the value of praying in other tongues. Number one, remember Jesus said, you need to believe God to be a tongue prayer. You believe Him for it. And then Paul says that when you pray in tongues, you're charging up your spirit like charging up a car battery. And so if you've been dishing out and dishing out and dishing out, he says that he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifies himself edifies himself. And like I said, there's lots of verses all around this talks about other gifts and things like that, but we're specifically not looking at the value of praying in other tongues. And so one good reason right here I can see is if you're a person who stays busy and on the go, you go a lot and get straight a lot, you better start praying in tongues more. they get you charged up. Now I want you to turn to Jude 20. Jude 20. That's right before the book of Revelation. It only has, it's not the 20th chapter, because it only has one chapter. We're looking at verse 20. And he tags on to what Paul said. And we're, we're talking about when you get weak spiritually, God's way to charge up your spirit. Now, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. We're not talking about gaining faith. That only comes by reading the Bible. But God's made a supernatural way to get a charge from heaven. To get your spirit charged back up. And so Jude 20. And you know I'll just say this. As you read the first 19 verses of Jude. Basically he's talking about in times. All the corrupt sexual perversion. The sin. And the evil things going on around us. That Christians get caught up into it too. So he's telling you what he says. The but right here. But ye beloved. He's getting ready to 
tell you what to do to help keep you out of sin. What to do to help you be strong enough to say no when those temptations come. All around you, all around you, on your jobs, even around church people, sad to say too many times, there's so much things going on that there's too many church people that don't know they should watch R-rated movies. We don't even watch PG-13. Why do you quit watching PG-13? I got tired of going to bed at night time. Imagination's hitting me from just a stupid PG-13. I would rather not have to resist. Instead of have to resist that stuff, I'd rather not put it up there to get the picture in my mind. Somebody's sitting there thinking. Oh, I got a good recording tonight. I can't wait home to hit that DVR. Oh, oh, oh. That DVR might get you in trouble. So anyway, he's telling about these things here. So he says, but, and you say, but, and see what that's like this. See, but, it's a conjunction, and most of the time, but means, but just the opposite of. And so, if I'm sitting here telling you, you know what, guys, we need to pray for such and such a member of our church. They've been to the doctor. They've been diagnosed with such and such, but, Jesus said, Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So I gave you the report of what's going on in the natural. I said, but, just the opposite. That's this. we got hands laid on them and they're recovering. And so in Jude, the first 19 verses, he says, here's what's going on in the world around you. Tells about the corruption, the perversion, and talks about even some church people that says, but, he's telling you what to do to resist those things going on around you. He says, but, ye beloved... Building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Well, to pray in the Holy Ghost is praying in tongues. And so when you're praying in the Holy Ghost, that's that same word right there, building up, the same as the edified word in First Corinthians, building up yourselves your most holy faith. He says you're charging up your spiritual battery when you're praying in the Holy Ghost, and that helps you to resist the temptations. Helps you to resist those things. And so, that's the same thing Paul said, because it's the same Holy Spirit that had Jude write these words. But then I want you to know what's connected with that. He says, then, that'll help keep yourselves in the love of God. As you're praying to the Holy Ghost, another benefit besides charging your spiritual battery that helps keep you in the love of God. And uh, several years ago, the Holy Ghost said this verse to me this way, keep yourselves under the protection of the love of God. When you're praying in tongues, you're keeping yourself under the protection of the love of God. How many know that sin will separate you from the blessing of God? Sin will open you up to attacks of the devil. He says, as you're praying in the Holy Ghost, it'll build up your most holy face, but also it'll keep you under the protection of the love of God he says, while you're looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. How many know that we all the time, we, we need to have that mercy on us. Thinking, man, we need mercy. We need mercy every day. That's why David said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Lamentations, Jeremiah said, his mercies are new every morning. So mercies are there we need to be looking for. But at the same time, he says, as we're praying in tongues, this is really a big one to me. He said, I keeps you under the protection of the love of God. We need to be under his umbrella of protection. We need to have 
all the protection of God's love on us we can have. And, you know, I think about, think about our kids. You know, some, but we got grown kids, you know, one's got cell phones and stuff like that. My kids are, man, they were already grown up or cell phones were out. But anyway, I think about what I know about the cell phones, grandkids and stuff like that. How could you help your kid if they shut the phone off and block you? How can you help them if they willfully say, I don't want dad and mom to know what I'm doing. I'm going to shut my phone off. My love is just the same. Phone on or phone off, my love's just the same. Whether I can see them on the tracker app or not, I still love them just the same, except I can't help them because I can't find them. That's what Jude said. He said, keep yourselves as an act of your faith under the protection of the love of God. Keep yourself there. And so praying in tongues helps you be more sensitive to the Holy Ghost. And if you're more sensitive to the Holy Ghost, you know, 1 Corinthians 10, 3, 4, and 5, he said, casting down thoughts and imaginations. And every high thing exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And so, when you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit because you're a serious tongue prayer, and those things come to you, you more easily recognize, wait a minute, I can't do that. But if you're tired and your spiritual batteries run down, next thing you know, man, you're popping a top. I guess they still say it. I don't know. Back when I did that 40 years ago, over 40 years ago, we called it popping a top. That meant drinking a beer. That meant you took the lid off. <laughs> I don't know what they do now. No, I'm just talking about whatever it is. If you've had an alcohol problem and your battery's not charged up, you're going to drink something. If your battery's charged up, you're going to say, no, I can't do that. That always leads to trouble. That never, that never turns out right. I say no in Jesus' name. Or whatever it is has been your weakness. Whatever it is has been your weakness. You come over late at nighttime and you're tired and you start to watch something. And next thing you do, people are doing things they shouldn't do. Well, when your battery's charged up, said, up, up, it's back to Mayberry. It's time for Andy. Has anybody seen the value of praying in other tongues? He said, building yourselves up, most of faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. And then he says, to keep yourself under God's protection, because that's joined with praying in the Holy Ghost there. And so it's easy to say no to sin when you're charged up. And so, there's one more place I want to look at back at 1 Corinthians 14. I want you to see this. Now, we're talking about living a spirit-filled life. We're talking about the gifts of the Holy Ghost. We're talking about why we should be praying in tongues. And we'll be talking more about these things in the weeks to come. But there's a difference between the gift of tongues and your prayer language of tongues. All believers get the prayer language, but not all believers are using that gift. But that, that's another lesson. 1 Corinthians 14 Verse 21, now I want you to notice this. He says, in the law, that means the Old Testament is written, with men of other tongues and other lips, while I speak unto this people, and yet for all that they will not hear me, saith the Lord. Well, my center column, that Old Testament reference where it says in the law, my center column says, that's referring to Isaiah 28, verse 11 and 12, where he's talking about this coming dispensation, when we be speaking in tongues. So I want you to look at Isaiah 28, verse 11 and 12, because Paul mentioned that in talking about speaking in tongues. He mentioned this verse. 
And so this is a benefit. This is a, a value of praying in tongues. And that's what we're talking about, why we should pray in tongues frequently. Why we should pray in tongues regularly. And I know for me, I've been doing this so long, and so, so many people I know, we just unconsciously under our breath are praying in tongues all the time. But that's keeping us in tune with the Holy Ghost. But Isaiah 28, verse 11 and 12, I want to say again, Paul, in talking about tongues, referenced this verse, says, For with stabbering lips and other tongue we speak to this people, to whom he said, This is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. So another benefit of frequently praying in tongues in your private time is to receive peace and refreshing from Jesus. Peace and refreshing. He said, this is the rest. This is the refreshing. And so when your spirit gets refreshed from speaking in your prayer language, what's on the inside shows up on the outside. That's why so many times spirit-filled Christians going through a crisis, people look at them and they say, you don't have enough sense to be worried. Well, then you say, I got too much Bible sense to be worried. I got out of my headsets, got in my Bible sets. Yes, I'm well aware. I'm well aware of what I'm facing. I'm well aware of who I'm up against. I'm well aware of what they're saying. But greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I've been talking to him. What have you been saying? I don't know. I've been saying it in tongues. Well, how come you're not all upset? Because this is the peace. This is the refreshing that comes to spending time with him speaking his language. So I've been speaking his language. I'm blessed. I'm refreshed. I've cast my cares upon the Lord. I trust the greater one in me. He's got the answers. He's went ahead of me. He's already dealing with those people. He's already dealt with that situation. And just like in the Old Testament with the Spirit-filled prophet, Elijah, the king came to him and said, Man, we're up against this battle. What are we going to do? Well, God showed the prophet. said, This is where the enemy's at. They've got you outnumbered. I don't want you to fight him this time. I want you to go this way. So they went that way because the Holy Ghost told them what to do. Then the next time, the prophet says, They're there, but go that way. God's giving you the battle. Just go out in there. God's got it. And so as we are praying in the Spirit, getting refreshing to peace from God, sometimes God says go, sometimes God says stay. But the main thing is, when you're under the protection of the love of God, because you're a serious, spirit-filled Christian, it doesn't make any difference if you go or you stay to you, just what God says to do. And sometimes, sometimes, when you say, you know what, God told me to stand still and fight my battle, people take that as a sign of weakness. You don't know what great strength that is when you want to go fight for everything you got. God says, no, don't do it. I got it. But then sometimes when you go out there boldly because God says go, then they think you're arrogant. But the main thing is, when you're walking with Him, when you're walking in the Spirit, because you let the Spirit walk in you, then it makes no difference what man thinks about you is what God says. And what are we after in life? We're after the results. We want our life to come out for the glory of God. 
So when we're under attack, when things are going on, if we'll pray in the Spirit, number one, Jesus has a supernatural thing to do. Number two, we're charging up our battery because the Word of God says we're getting charged up. Number three, we're getting peace. And believe me, if there's one thing the enemy can't stand, it's when he thinks he's got you surrounded and you just go in laughing and smiling. Like he says, what's the matter? Well, maybe he just thinks you're nuts and he gives up then because he thinks you're something bad with you. But the thing is, what I'm telling you, if you want to be a Christian, that's really a spirit-filled Christian that follows after God, then one of the number one things you're going to have to do, you're going to have to get serious about being a spirit-filled, tongue-talking Christian. And as we close down, I just want to tell you again, got a couple books back there to help you with. These things will help you, plus lots of other books. And these aren't just ideas. There's Bible verses that are right from the Word of God. That'll help you. So that's that. And so go home tonight, get charged up, get some peace, get some refreshing, and let the Lord fight your battles. Amen. Let's stand up. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.